0: You're listening to the Built Shaves podcast presented by Midco Sports. Ring in the new year with University of North Dakota Athletics on Midco Sports this holiday season with live broadcasts of Fighting Hawks hockey and basketball all winter long, plus all the relevant social media updates that make you a better fan. That's Midco Sports. This is how we do sports. And this is the Built Shaves podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Bill Chaves Podcast, the final podcast of 2022. We're taping this on the 29th of December, a Thursday morning. Alex Seinert, Bill Chaves with you. Bill, happy holidays. How was your your holiday period that we're still kind of in the midst of right now?
1: Yeah, you know, uh, really, really good. Good to see you, Alex. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um can't believe this is our final pod of 22 and uh, we're going to turn the page to uh, 23 and uh, excited for it. So uh, we were just kind of discussing uh pre-pod pre-game if you will maybe some some maybe a, a wrinkle or two for 23 that will uh, maybe unveil here uh, as we kind of do the bi-weekly pod which I think I, I would say from a format standpoint I think still works I know for your schedule our schedule my schedule and I think it kind of gives us enough in that 13day period to kind of uh, continue on with it but uh, hopefully we'll have a, maybe maybe a surprise or two for 23.
0: A lot of good things coming up when the calendar flips so exciting stuff stay tuned to the pod and the socials for more details on that as we drift into january uh first though some things to look back on over the month of december and, and over the year really as we kind of close the book on what has been another really successful year for university of north dakota athletics uh, first off is it bizarre i mean just the fact that we are done with this year i know you look at the calendar and i just still can't believe that we're at this point in the year and that it's going to be January 1 2023 in just a couple days time and really probably like tomorrow really as you listen to this potentially it's been another quick year hasn't it
1: yeah when uh as you get older life gets faster it feels like and you know you know what you know what's gonna make us really just pause a little bit is that we're kind of coming up to March of 23 when all the covid stuff happened that's what three years ago yeah. That's wild. Isn't that wild? I mean, it feels like in some ways it was yesterday and it feels in some ways it was, you know, years and years ago, but, uh, we kind of closed the book here on 23. We've got, you know, a number of sports that are, uh, that are, uh, you know, having, uh, their conference seasons really, uh, in earnest to get going. And so that's exciting. And, uh, you know, we kind of closed, you know, last week into, uh, you know, again, back to Mother Nature, you know, doing her thing, but she just really impacted so much of the United States that certainly impacted uh, us as well from a game standpoint.
0: Yeah, let's probably start there because that was sort of the big news. Uh, Women's and men's basketball getting started with conference play, like all the excitement that comes with the summit league season and then the men get one game in and then they can't complete the road trip and they obviously weren't the only ones there was a ton of disruption on both the men's and women's side for the opening week of conference play for Hoopsville.
1: yeah it really gets us thinking now as i spoke to commissioner fenton who does a marvelous job uh in all aspects of running a conference and uh you know we started to discuss it in earnest uh um, really on Monday of last week when uh, Western Illinois uh,'s women's team kind of, you know, asked us, uh, you know, is, is there a chance possibly of playing on Tuesday versus Monday, knowing that they're only 70 miles away having played uh, the Bison women on Monday night and, you know, that really got the wheels turning honestly. And we started really, really looking deeply into what is going to occur here in the next, uh, you know, at that point in time, 24, 48, 72 hours. And really the trick with all this was, Alex, honestly, was Christmas. I mean, at the end of the day, you throw that holiday into this, uh, made it much more difficult in some way, shape or form to think through, do you, pl- do you get there do you play the game and can you get out? And then from there, can you get out and then get students to where they need to be to then eventually get back? And so I I think there was a lot of layers to it. And I think we did the right thing initially, which was try to move the game up a little bit in McComb. That's what we initially tried to do. But then as we got deeper into the conversation, we just said, wow. Um, Going from St. Paul to Macomb in a bus, and I'm not sure you know you're going to get back or wherever you're going to end up being, didn't seem to be the uh, soundest uh, decision to make. And I give uh, Western Illinois a lot of credit. My counterpart, Paul Bub, I mean he 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 understood, I guess where we where we were. So, you know, we were in St. Paul, and so a lot of our our students that had to fly home we're going to fly from Minneapolis. And so at that point, Jamie Stevens went to work and uh, really in um, Estevan Sandoval, our director of ops, really uh, was able to kind of switch flights from that Thursday to Tuesday. And all of our folks, inclusive of some of our um, staff, were able to get out on that Tuesday.
0: Hmm. No small feats when it's the week of Christmas and the, uh, the air, <laughs> airlines are crazy. But that's, that's just the testament, I think, to how you have to have such a strong relationship with your fellow members in these conferences to sort of understand there's so many moving parts and you're thinking about again it's about the student athlete experience and do you want to spend Christmas you know stuck on a bus or in in Illinois somewhere not unable to get back and like all the all those things that kind of come into play it's inconvenient to move the game to a Monday in January but that makes a lot more sense than trying to shoehorn it in and deal with the consequences which probably would have been severe given how bad the storm ended up being
1: yeah i i think you know we're certainly gonna uh it's not the first storm we're gonna encounter here this year and we're gonna encounter more it, i think it, it it the level rises a bit when you're talking about a holiday like christmas I, I mean i think that's just the reality of it and so uh it became um it really became what is the right thing to do at that moment and uh you know I, I would say if you said to me in some ways what what's your job it's it's really to assess a situation in the moment and try to make the best call at that stage of the game because you don't want to have to look back 7 days later and say wow we should have done that you you got to recognize you're actually in the moment and you have to make a really good decision at that point in time
0: so here's the question so now you're working closely with the athletics department at Western Illinois to make these decisions figured out how much does the league come in and advise or, or are part of the, I'm assuming they're obviously a big part of these conversations because it is a conference game. What, what is that aspect like as you're making these decisions?
1: Yeah. So I, you know, interestingly, uh, they're involved for sure. Um, no doubt about it. And I think part of the conversation became, um, uh, okay. What potentially is the unintended consequence on something, you know, because if, if we make a decision, to do something, there's going to be a domino. Others may decide to do it. And that's where um, Josh and Mindy K. Larson, our deputy commissioner, has to really think through, well, if UND and Western do this, that's going to spur a different conversation somewhere else, too. So I think you just need to have ultra communication. And they were great. I mean, they, they it worked out. And that did lead to other conversations. It really did. Because the other thing that became interesting, and I just wanted to be thoughtful about it, was... It's a little bit different when you have a team like Western Western's women in Fargo and they can just shoot up 70 miles to Grand Forks, a lot different when we're in St. Paul having to go to Macomb. Hmm. So you can't make those same decisions. And so we just got to be really thoughtful as to the reasons why we're doing what we're doing, Um, because that could be a disadvantage in a sense for somebody uh, that is closer, like, usd and sdsu and because they're close does that mean we have to play then or what does it mean when others are not so so those are kind of the things that we kind of you know went through and it just made like ultimately we ended up saying well if we're gonna play the game uh, earlier and the reason is to get them out earlier then let's play it as early as we can and that's why we landed on tuesday at seven o'clock
0: yeah, You mentioned USD and SDSU. They had a similar situation involving Oral Roberts in Kansas City where the South Dakota women were able to move their game up against Oral Roberts and get that game in, I think, at noon on Tuesday where the men weren't able to do that because they're coming back from Tulsa and it wasn't going to be as simple as just scooting it up a little bit and they could still make it back. So the men's game gets postponed. It's just, it's It's interesting. You forget about that dynamic of what's the geography between the travel partners that you're working with here and in this league, which is geographically diverse you've got some who are awfully close like brookings and vermilion and grand forks and fargo and some like denver and omaha which which are st paul and the which are not just right down the street big difference there
1: yeah and i would say so to 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 truly answer your question how involved is the league vary but they also as long as they know The communications that are kind of going on. If the two schools can come to an agreement on something, which that's, you know, ultimately what we did with Western uh, to, to, to make sure that we could uh, settle in on a date. And that's what transpired. That makes it easier for the league at that point, because They really don't want to have to get involved with that if they don't have to. They will, of course, if they need to. But if the two sides can get together, away you go.
0: Yeah, there you go. Well, it was good to see uh, that, like you said, that things were able to conclude the way that they did and we got at least the majority of the games in some get moved back but kids are able to get home and now hopefully you're all back and ready to go because conference play continues and as you listen to this again we're recording this on the 29th the men have a big game against NDSU on the 30th and the women play the following day against NDSU and so conference play after a short break about a 10-day gap or so over Christmas now is ready to pick up again and with some of the biggest games of the year right on deck
1: yeah for those uh Um, scoring at home. We definitely moved the men's game from the Saturday to Friday. um, And that was something that the schools wanted to try to do to avoid having the men and women play on top of each other, so to speak, in two different locations. And so that will be kind of a case-by-case basis on a year-to-year basis based on schedules, other sports that are playing at both schools. But this one seemed to just work out for us at this stage. And again, that was something that the schools came to uh, came together, said, League, are you okay with it? And then they have to sign off on it.
0: Yes, we are. Yeah, so the way that works this week then, the Bison men will come to Grand Forks on the 30th, 7 o'clock, and a big game coming up on Friday night. And then the NDSU women will host North Dakota 1 o'clock, a matinee on the 31st. And uh, that New Year's Eve day will be busy with UND athletics going on. Down in Fargo, hockey hosts the national team, the U18s, for the national team development program at 4 o'clock, another matinee for them over the New Year's break. Uh, just good stuff all around. Fun, fun way to, kick, to close out 2022 with, with some exciting North Dakota athletics action.
1: Yeah, I mean, as best as we can, we try to stagger things. And, yeah. and so, again, now you've got from from Friday night – to Saturday afternoon, to you know Saturday early evening, so to speak, or late afternoon. I mean, you you can get your uh, you know cup filled with UND athletics. Yeah,
0: three pretty good events on the way to close out the calendar year. So be looking forward to that. Two of those, by the way, will be on Midco Sports. The home game for the men against the Bison at seven on Friday, and then the exhibition game against the national team on the ice at Ralph Engelstad Arena at four o'clock. With the pregame starting at three thirty, also on New Year's Eve. Speaking of hoops, we should mention, again the women have won seven games in a row now and are now 2-0. and Just a little shout-out to Mallory Bernhardt and that crew that they've, since the arrival of their daughter, they're unbeaten. It's pretty good. She's brought a lot of good luck. <laughs> Could be coincidence, perhaps, but... I'm sure she knows.
1: <laughs> it's been uh, a nice little run here. Um, and, yeah, I, I think, uh, you know... it, it we're in a little bit of a stretch right now against the three Dakotas that are coming up and so that'll be a uh, that'll be a, a really 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 challenging stretch so we're uh, we're excited about it teams uh team team's playing well and uh kind of getting their identity right and so at the end of the day uh should be should be a fun fun uh fun start to uh 23 here
0: yeah, the women with double digit wins over Saint Thomas and Western right before Christmas break, and like you said, yeah, it's North Dakota State on the road, USD on the road on the fifth of January, South Dakota State on the road on the seventh. Those last two games will be on Midco Sports, by the way. So yeah, really good test, uh, right now. But this is that's a team that's at nine and three and it is playing good basketball.
1: I'd say both genders, you know, both men and women. Um, I I I feel like every team is in their gyms right now figuring out the best versions of themselves to be competitive for uh, let's just say a high end table finish if you will because uh, it feels like it's really it's going to be really competitive this year in, in on, on both sides
0: from what we've seen uh, just in the opening weekends and and through non-conference too but certainly when when the games get started quote unquote for real in conference play a lot of parody this year on, on both sides it there's not quite like maybe the dominant team out there that we've seen, even on the women's side where it has been South Dakota State or USD the last handful of years, you know, both of those teams are really starting fresh in some SDSU, not quite as much as USD, but there's opportunity there. I think for any given night, anybody can beat anybody. And we've not really been able to say that very often in the last decade or so in the summit league.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. I, I would say that uh, if, if, you know, just right now, today, uh, if you were my favorites would be probably South Dakota State on the women's side still and uh, Oral, Roberts Oral Roberts on Roberts. the men's side. Right now, um, I, I just think uh, that's the way it is right now, but... I I, I think, though, each team has to continue to figure themselves out. And I think that's what uh, both sides are doing right now. And, yeah, I mean, uh, of course, I mean, we want to win games and uh, that's exactly what we want to do. But uh, at the end, uh, we just have to, you know, kind of figure out what what's our rotations, who's playing what role and, you know, and then it's role acceptance. And that's most important part of, of any team.
0: We mentioned hockey's getting ready to kick off the second half of their season. It's such a unique time when you do have this break. You know, that the poops teams get this this little ten day break or so. Hockey's similar story. They haven't played since the really the second weekend of December. You get these three weeks to finish up finals, chance to go home for a bit, and then the team all came back around the twenty-sixth or twenty-seventh or so to get ready for this exhibition play, uh, before they start second half action against Lindenwood the first weekend of January. It's the talk about fine margins. Like this team right now, again, is just a game below 500 in seventh place in the NCHC, you know, on the outside looking in, et cetera, pairwise. If one or two results are different, they would be, I believe, Brett Schlossman and I were talking about this the other day. If they would have just beaten Miami and held on and, and got a split against St. Cloud in the game, they were up 3 nothing. they would be ninth in the pairwise and I believe in third in the NCHC and just a game back of Denver, like just the fine margins of a game here, a game there, and things looks completely different. They're very much in position to do some good things in the second half. And it's, it's easy to maybe look at the record and say, oh boy, tough year, but they're right there. They're really right there on the cusp of being in contention once again.
1: Yeah. I've had a lot of folks, uh, kind of try to pick my brain a little bit about what's transpiring and I, you know, I've just said, Hey, you know, each team's its own. Like it, 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 they're all new, you know, teams once you introduce one new player to the locker room. And and, and so uh, they're trying to figure themselves out. And I, 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 is it fair to say maybe some of the other teams we've played are maybe further ahead of us on figuring out who they are? And so uh, I think Western helped for sure because I think it, it gave us a template of what, what and how we need to uh, approach uh, games and series. And uh, we've got to build off that. You know, the, 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 the tricky part for us to some degree, though, is now the, uh, you know, the margin for error gets smaller uh, at this stage of the game, and and you've got to try to uh, you got to try to put a run together here at some stage of the game. And uh, but I think, you know, to be able to go into the break, building off uh, some success we had on the road, which we know is a tough place to play, um, you know, I, I still think we just have to continue to. Uh, you know, to play that that gritty style like we did um, in Kalamazoo. And I, I think good things can happen if that's the case, because I do think that we're um, talented enough to score, to put the puck in the net. But, but at the end of the day, we, if we play like a group, like we did that, that weekend um, you know, good things are going to happen. And Lindenwood, like, like anybody else, I mean, when there's 60, basically 60 teams in, in uh, the NCAA, every team has good players. Every team has good players. You know, I said that to Josh Morton about Augustana. I like uh, there's no, you know, there's no violins for anybody. Cause they're going to get good. <laughs> they're going to get good players. Yeah. I mean, there's so many good players that want to play college hockey that you know um we got to be on our toes um uh, when they come in we saw what you know they did at magnus arena so at the end of the day um we know we we know it's going to be tough but we've got it um we got to focus in on ourselves a little bit and continue to play with the way we played in kalamazoo
0: yeah i think this und team first i think will be buoyed by the fact they gave up two goals to western over the weekend and then see western michigan go out and win the gli and score what, twelve goals in, in two games? I mean, it's just crazy numbers. Like that's a really good offensive team that UND shut down you know, on the road like that. It was good confidence boosting even when you're not playing. Like to watch the team you just shut down, go do what they did. Uh it was pretty good. And you mentioned Lindenwood. Yeah, they nearly beat Denver on the road the other day. That was a one-goal game. They were tied late. They nearly beat Minnesota earlier in the season, even though their record is not great and they're they're young. They're that's a dangerous team, and that's a team that's down in the fifties in the pairwise right now. And so those are games you just you absolutely have to have, and they won't be easy. But first things first, you got to get through the national team, and that's a, a big exhibition tilt to kind of get your feet under you again after this break. And Bradbury talked this week about the importance of playing the right way and continuing to set the tone that. They had set the last time we saw them out at Las nice Arena. So big game coming up again four o'clock on New Year's Eve against the U18s.
1: Yeah, and 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 again, I I guess my balance on that one though too is to some degree it is an exhibition too, and, and so uh, you know you want to make sure. You, let's put it this way: he he might make some decisions during the course of the game that you might not make a decision. Uh, further weeks ahead mm-hmm. to some degree because you're trying to get someone back on the ice and you're just trying to get maybe you roll four lines i i don't know i listen I, the get the strategy that's up to to brad dane and carl to kind of figure that out but <laughs> at the end of the day you know we just might be doing some things that might not be exactly what we will be doing moving forward
0: well said. I think you're accurate in that.
1: You could play multiple goaltenders. You could oh, yeah, play, I mean sure. you, you know, you could have someone that that has an unbelievable first period, makes 12 great saves and all of a sudden's not in for the second <laughs> period.
0: <laughs> yeah. And uh, given how good offensively this national team is, they might have to make 12 or 13 really good saves in the first period. Again, this is, if you're, if you're tracking on this again, this is an exhibition that UND has played for years and years. And most of the time it takes place over this Christmas break. And the national team is comprised of kids who are going to be first round draft picks, really, next year. These are all draft eligible players that are all really, really good. And it, it's always fun to see kind of the next wave of college stars, some of whom end up coming to North Dakota in this game and last year they they came in and beat north dakota two nothing for the first time ever so they've beaten some really good teams this year by the way not to sell this game too much because it is an exhibition but they beat notre dame this season they beat michigan tech earlier this year i think they've only lost two games against college opposition they play minnesota tonight on the 29th so we'll kind of see how they fare but it'll be a fun game a good test for this team as they get ready to gear up for the second half of the season with by the way it's their first of seven home games in a row so if you've not had a chance you haven't had a chance since thanksgiving weekend to see this team at home you're going to get your opportunities here in january with back to back to back series plus this exhibition game to start the second half
1: yeah no doubt about it and and, you know the. The break you could argue, and I know we talked about this maybe the last time. You can always argue when the break comes. You know, it would have been probably nice to play the next weekend. You know, coming off you know some success at Lawson, but I uh, you know uh, it's such a physical sport, much like football, where the break always comes at a good time. And you know, we had some guys that really could you could use the the two three weeks. And heck, who knows what the lineups may or may not be on Saturday. You know, based on uh, you know having another week off to some degree. So all that to be said, look forward to seeing everybody out at four o'clock on Saturday should be great way to kick off uh, ultimately new
0: year's Eve, right? I think so. Good way to spend the last day of 2022. I should ask from a compliance slash NCAA standpoint, when you look at Christmas break, obviously these student athletes are still trying to keep your body in tip top shape. You're still working towards competitions that you're going to play shortly after the holiday is over. Are there rules in place of how many hours kids get off, what the practice schedule is, coaches? What what does that look like?
1: Yeah, I, I would say the best way to put it, yeah, and once you're off, you're off. I mean, because the the semester has ended academically. Mm. But with that, you know, it depends on how long they're gone for, right? I mean, uh, I would say, generally speaking, you're talking about uh less than a week that someone's probably gone in in some way shape or form so i think most of our athletes at this point in time they have it dialed with their strength and conditioning coach on what they're doing, even when they depart to some degree, my guess is they probably even get on the ice wherever they are, uh, you know, hometown wise and, or, uh, if it's basketball, which they really weren't gone all that long, be honest with you, you almost to some degree having the rest is probably a, a, a better thing for your body. So anyways, I think the answer is it depends But once the school year or the academic year ends, kind of the clocks change a little bit and you can do a few more things that you can't do as to when the school year is going on.
0: Yeah. Always interesting when you have this little break in between semesters because second semester bill for UND starts when? What's our start date?
1: Yeah. So January, that Monday night, January 9th. Gotcha. Yep. Yep. So uh, so ultimately um, coming right around the corner. (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's crazy 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 so well good stuff there on that front we also stood mentioned by the way just before Christmas we had national signing day the early signing period um, for a lot of different fall sports we saw a number of student athletes commit football obviously gets you know uh, a signing day special and there's lots of buzz they had 28 players sign but it wasn't just football of course other student athletes for soccer etc for volleyball for kind of down the list different different student athletes officially committing to come to the University of North Dakota next year. It's an exciting time.
1: Yeah, I you know you know what's funny, Alex. Um, let's just talk the football calendar right now. And you know, I, I know there's been a little bit of conversation. I've read about that, you know, in in various articles. But Bubba and I were talking about it as well. Is that you know there's just multiple things that have happened over the course of the last few years that have really kind of compressed some things going on all simultaneously right now. Mm -hmm. And and I do think we need to start thinking about uh, what it is, you know, we've got coaches on the carousel. We've got transferring occurring at this stage of the game. You've got bowl games, you've got FCS playoffs, and then you have a signing period. And so I almost think we need to tease some of this out a little bit and figure out when is the right time to actually do the signings. And maybe the signings are correct at that point, but what's happened is with the portal dates, the way they are right now, that's kind of taking up a lot of oxygen in the room. And so with that, I don't know, maybe we need to think this through a little bit. And um, I, I feel like our high school student athletes are getting a little bit of a short end of the stick right now, a little bit right now because of what the latest has been regarding transferring is concerned. So I'll be interested to see when the football coaches get together. They usually have their convention sometime in January. So I'll be interested to see. That's got to be a topic of conversation.
0: It's an evolving world. Just the recruitment of players and how it's kind of a constant recruitment even when you've already committed or when you're at a school and it's uh and you're right like I said with with the you mentioned the coaching carousel how coaches are leaving and moving to new places and then that commits go with them or they just they have to make their decisions and it's just hard to figure out when this should take place like what is the best time you know do you throw it in the middle of this season when yeah teams are preparing for sort of the most important games of the year but you also have one eye on the future and the postseason is so long that it's and it you know obviously the fcs championship game is what january the 8th you know the national championship game is going to be something like that like it's it dips so far into january and yeah there's it's just hard there's no good delineation of, all right the season's over now we do this now we do this it's not like the nfl where the season ends you have the super bowl then you have two months and then there's the draft you don't have that here
1: they figured they figured out their calendar, right? They're yeah. they're they're the kings. They're the kings. They have something going on every month, right? And that's how they've rolled. And they they do a really good job with it. And I think probably the NBA is second. The NBA is kind of figure out how to capture you know the draft and capture free agency, right? Like it's you know July one, you know is is nuts, right? When it comes to free agency, but. I think what's challenging and in, 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 in it's kind of always been this way, but I kind of felt like it was a little bit more this year is with that December signing date, you really need to know who the coaching staff is going to be for the signing date. And then it's gotten weird when you're in playoffs and you've got a guy coaching a team that really is not going to be the coach of the team anymore. And they got eyes on that signing date for the school that he's going to be at. Yeah. And that just gets really odd. At really the most, should be the most celebrated time of the year becomes in a weird way, just a hard thing to navigate.
0: Is there an obvious solution? I feel like there's not an obvious one, but do you feel what would be the best? Probably changing step? the
1: signing date.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Do you think so then scooting it, suiting it to January?
1: I know there's going to be a lot of coaches that would be sad because they would rather have it even earlier possibly. Now that is a possibility too. I've always kind of thought, do you have a summer signing date prior to their senior years? Now that's hard too in a sport like football, where literally you could, you get and have some late bloomers and mm. you really would need that senior year to play. So it's not like being on an AAU circuit where right. a good chunk of your recruiting gets done in the club scene for basketballs and volleyball. So therefore you could have an earlier signing date per se. You you kind of really need to play your senior year in football. So I don't know. Maybe it's not February, maybe it's not December, maybe it's January. Yeah, go in the middle. Hmm. It's a tough one. I, I just I don't know. It just feels like it's all on top of each other right now. And it feels a bit weird.
0: Yeah. And the, and the order of it is odd as well. Like it just seems like you're kind of putting the cart goes in front of the horse at one point and then they're kind of side by side and there's, it's just hard to process it all out. And like, cause I believe is this the third year that there's been a December date, something like that. It's, it's still new ish. And I think we're seeing, like we talked about in previous podcasts in years gone by, there are positives to this, but also to you have the negative side, the confusing side, the convoluted side.
1: And again, I, I don't – again, the, I'll say the poor portal is getting a bad rap. rap. <laughs> but the reality of it is it's just the mechanism. That's, that's it. Like transferring has always happened. Now, now, not having sit out a year, that's new for sure. And you're getting a lot of students that are looking to – maybe be re-recruited somewhere to somewhere else. And now that's kind of in play. Now that we have some data, like hard data, as far as how many have hit the portal at this point, maybe it is fairer for the freshmen that are coming up is to maybe have that happen. It's almost like, like the NBA, right? It's like the draft versus free agency. Mm-hmm. So how do you separate those things out right now? They're on top of each other.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What a mess. Well, in any case, North Dakota did a nice job. They have the same coach, so there was no concern there. Good stability within the program. They signed 28 student-athletes, 24 from the high school ranks, four transfers, and more to come in February. So we'll continue moving forward and see what happens uh, in the months to come. Which I feel like we say a lot in this podcast. Coach Schweiger would not like me saying like, "Let's move it back to January," and I don't blame
1: him. I don't blame no. him. He
0: wants to get it done
1: as early as possible, for sure. I totally get that. But but we have to be really thoughtful and really it really becomes, I believe, that whole coaching organization to really establish the twelve month calendar.
0: Mm-hmm. And you also have to have your your international windows. You gotta have to have your your windows for your club competitions. It's just. Oh, that, I'm sorry. That's another sport. That's another sport that we talk about that doesn't have it figured out either.
1: <laughs> There's that too.
0: <laughs> oh, and that might be a good transition. Anything else, by the way, Bill from UND NCAA? Do a quick flip. Uh, we we got to talk about World Cup final because I feel like that happens after our last pod, and it was maybe the best advertisement for soccer that you're going to find. Perhaps the best World Cup game ever. This crazy three-three drama-filled shootout win for Argentina. What did you make of the the grand finale in Qatar?
1: The pod is probably really predictable about our our, <laughs> our tenants, about what we believe, and and, and again, uh, you know, some of the things we say over and over again. But I agree with you. Like, what was interesting was it's everything that it was all wrapped up into one in that game. Seventy minutes of whole hum. Kind of right. I, it kind of felt like I, I'm not sure what was going on there, but it felt like uh it felt as if that um who knows that that France wasn't going to get it going. Felt like Argentina had it under control. And then all of a sudden the flip, the switch flipped and it just became chaos. really from okay. from the time you were at the 70 minute mark to certainly the 90 minute mark and then into the extra time as well
0: the match itself I think played out a little bit yeah like for the first 70 80 minutes or so kind of played out how I sort of thought it was going to play out Argentina was probably a better team throughout the tournament than France and they came in with this great fierce mentality that we're going to just be first to everything and we're going to be all over this French team, which had been dealing with the virus. And it, they, there were guys who were coming back from illness. And not that they had overachieved their defending champions, but they had lost a lot of really good players coming into this tournament anyway. And it wasn't shocking to see Argentina wants it more because they haven't won since 1986. And their guys were out there first to every ball, doing everything for, yes, 75 minutes or so. And the question then became... Okay, can they keep up the intensity for the full 90 and see this thing out? And they had a couple just little wobbly moments where defensively they let players get behind. Nicholas Odamenti makes a tactical foul inside the box to prevent a breakaway. They give up a penalty Mbappe scores goals 93 seconds apart and it's game on. It's two, two, it's a completely different game. And that's, that's what's so fun about sports like soccer and hockey to some extent. Again, lower scoring sports that you can have a team dominate for long stretches of time and things can just change in an instant. And then, like you said, yes, it became a very frenzied final half hour of football. And then we get penalty shootouts. And there was a lot of talk after the fact, of course, about do we like this? Is this the right way to conclude it? We've talked about this before, but it's still, you can't have these guys just continue to play. They just can't keep playing forever. The the game would just evolve into nothing at some point.
1: You go into the game knowing at max, it's going to be 120. You know it going in, so adjust to it, and you know what the consequences are if you are tied after that 120. So I, I I'm good with it. I, I, I was good with it, and um, just seeing how much wear and tear takes out of these guys, um, and they're thoroughbreds. They really are. And at the end of the day, um, how much is on their odometer? I, I do think you need an end time. I, 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 I you know, and again, um, you know, you can argue, you know, our five overtime game against Duluth, you know, it, should we have had, you know, something at that point in time? Sure. I, I mean, that's it's a fair conversation. Um, I don't disagree with the folks that say, hey, I'd like to score, score the way the game is, is naturally to be played. Got it. But in soccer, you could be there a long time.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and the chances of you scoring as the game goes on decrease. I just think there's no other great way. Golden goal would be the thing. You, you could say, again, go back to the golden goal rule that we had in previous to the the 90s, and Messi's goal in extra time would have been the end. Okay, he scores, that's it, game over. But then also, too, it feels cruel on France that you, then you don't get a chance to respond a little bit. I, you know, there's no perfect solution.
1: Well, sure, uh, correct. And I would say that there's a chance um, that going in one direction can be a difference maker maybe i doubt it in a stadium to some degree because it's not like an open it's not like bronson field right. where the wind could be <laughs> one way and and it really makes sense for you to have both teams take advantage of the wind uh at least for half the session so yeah i i i'm good with it all i i thought it was awesome i thought it was awesome and you know I I don't know what to say other than, um, you know, uh, Argentina, you know, they were so passionate and so wanted it and certainly put a cherry on top for Messi's career.
0: Yeah, beautiful scenes after the match. I I thought even during the match, you could see how much it meant. Obviously, again, World Cup final. This is a huge thing. All these people that are involved in this match on the pitch on the sidelines have dreamed about this moment. When Angel Di Maria scores to put Argentina up to nothing, he's in tears. I mean, just emotionally a wreck as he's wheeling away in celebration. And after the fact, and you could certainly see it after the match, of course, where everybody just breaks down. Like it's just the level of passion that that sport and that tournament brings out is just unparalleled. There's there's nothing like that in the world.
1: It is. And it's really a challenge when you're talking about, so in in the finances, each team, each club team that has players playing in it, they get compensated by uh, FIFA for their um, not being with the club at that point. And certainly in um, uh, certain levels, uh, both the championship and the premier league uh, went on hiatus, but at the end of the day, um, it's just interesting that it just takes so much out of the individuals that I'm even hearing now FIFA's thinking about you know how can we do it every three years and I I just I, I, soccer is such a mess when it comes to the oversight uh, because you've got the two competing entities UEFA and FIFA trying to figure this out and they're all trying to use um, the same right individuals to <laughs> To do what they think makes sense, and it's just for them it makes sense. I'm not sure it makes sense for the for the athlete. So let's <laughs> let's bring it on home because it's all about Spurs. Is so so Richarlison, who arguably had uh, as good a tournament as anybody, certainly in the first three, four, five matches, and he was tremendous for Brazil. I mean, he's not available for Tottenham now for three weeks because he he was not not going to play for Brazil. But now you come back to your club team, who's kind of really paying the wages for you. <laughs> and you know what? Now he's unavailable.
0: Yeah, now now I've heard. Yeah, and that and that's it. All these guys, a lot of these guys coming back, it, it, the clubs give them this grace period to get healthy again and get ready to go. And some, yeah, had to fight through injury to keep playing for their country. Because again, you get one chance every four years for this. Spurs will have another match on Wednesday. I mean, like they're, they're coming thick and fast right now. Whatever, I'll play again in a week in this competition. Not the case in the World Cup. So it, it was fun to have the EPL back in our lives on Boxing Day and, and this festive fixture list that's, that just continues to roll. Um, Spurs, by the way, as, as per usual, uh, gave up a couple goals and made things interesting and came back to get a draw, whatever. But it is funny, the juxtaposition from the World Cup, you know this month-long condensed tournament, where every minute of every match matters so much to then transition back to this 38-game EPL season. And the stakes just just do not seem as high. And you can sort of see it out there on the pitch. So bizarre. It was the weirdest thing watching Spurs play at Brentford on Boxing Day morning.
1: Playoff hockey, playoff baseball, too, where every pitch makes a difference. You walk somebody and someone's <laughs> on base. Like, that becomes a thing. June 23rd. You walk someone, yeah. You know, eh, eh, man. Right. I mean, really, that's it. And so, yeah, I, I thought Jody Hodson. We were debriefing. We we met last week at some point in time uh, in going over some things, and and we just kind of were just kind of just talking about the World Cup. And he made a really good point. It's really sad that we're almost closing in on a decade now, where the best hockey players in the world have not vied for you know the world championship, if you will. I, I, that's a tough one, isn't it?
0: Yeah, they got to get that figured out. We I And mean, we saw that, obviously, with the Olympics. They were planning on sending NHLers in 2022 to Beijing. That plug got pulled because of COVID issues and things like that. Just a month or two, was it two months or so? It was a couple months before the, the competition was going to start. I know they've talked a lot about trying to rejuvenate the World Cup of Hockey. I don't know if they've officially come to terms or what the plan is for that now. But yeah, it, it, that that's... Whether it's the Olympics or the world, whatever, that's such a great event. Best on best. We just haven't had a best on best international men's hockey tournament for a long time. We certainly have had it for the women, and that's been fantastic. And the world juniors and some of the men's championships have tried to fill that void. But it's not quite the same as seeing the best in the world go head to head for your country. It's just not the same.
1: I agree. I agree. So I don't know the platform. Could be Olympics. It could be just uh, about itself. Who knows? But, oh, you know, those things you miss because uh, and, and it can't be every year for sure. No. And at, 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 at maybe every three years minimally, but every four years seems to work to some degree. I, I just it, we're, we're accustomed to that from an Olympic standpoint. And I think that's what FIFA modeled things at. is the reason why we still have a third place game, which helped me on that one. I mean, and again, I, I had to actually Wikipedia that thing. And, and the reality of what is they modeled it after the Olympics. So they wanted to be able to give out the bronze medals. Yep. Yeah, that's a problem. Like, I, are you kidding me? I don't need Perisic out there running. around. <laughs> I, I, I did not need that to happen. The guy's like 35 anyways. Yeah. And it was like, I didn't need a ne- another game that Croatia played.
0: Bill's Tottenham lens just overcomes all in these situations.
1: But Perisic played on saturday
0: and they won and, and yeah exactly and because croatians don't get tired that's how this works so he was fine he was right back out there <laughs> wearing the teal the the traditional teal kit of tottenham hotspur <laughs> that's right <laughs> or whatever it was aqua marine whatever it was so
1: correct we we did not have any uh nba uh days off so to speak mm-hmm. with Parisage.
0: Mm-hmm. he was right back in it dedication to the Conte revolution right there
1: yeah, I well, I so I'll say this is I think in the next month, of course, because it's another transfer window, we're going to really get an idea whether Conte's in or out because he, he's been holding over this I'm done in June type deal. Then you just might need to be done.
0: <laughs> he's an interesting man. Antonio can say, but we'll see. We'll see how it shakes out. Do you have predictions, by the way, for the January transfer? We can talk more about this later, but the window opens on the first. What area of the pitch should they address? That might be a better question.
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. I I, I, honestly, Alex. So here's how I'll answer that question. They just need more depth. I, I mean, I don't even know, like, I, they probably need depth in all areas. How about that for, like, just mm-hmm. a really, like, they could use another back. I mean, they need someone else in the midfield. They, they have some guys. He just won't play them. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, I mean, I, the kid Jed Spence that played for Nottingham Forest last year, and they got promoted, and mainly because of him to some degree, he won't play him. So why is he on the team?
0: Yeah, some of these guys. Conte's famous for that.
1: In, in this year, in this this moment, you have like I look at you know the top teams. Whether it be Liverpool, Man City, and, and Arsenal to some degree, but but at the end of the day, there's Chelsea. They're deep, they're deep. And and when they when they're deep, they actually have you know national players of countries coming off their bench mm. and making differences.
0: Yeah, not as much at Spurs. You don't don't have as much of that right now, but that's those things take time. But yeah, if you can get, especially with a a guy like Conte only wants to play veteran players that know his system and will will do what guys who are good soldiers, essentially. And he doesn't want to play youth and that can get can bite you in a season like this.
1: But you can't be in a hybrid project. At the end of the day, you're either either you're doing what Arsenal did to some degree or you're actually going all in with this manager that supposedly is a world class manager, and, and I'm not suggesting he's not, but I just then you actually have to get him the tools for the toolbox.
0: Yeah, that's it. I I get a sense that you're you're a little bit out. I feel like you're a little out on Conse. A
1: little bit. It's been it's been a little hard watching them.
0: <laughs> the football has not been great. They're not an attractive team to watch. His style is not attractive. It it, it just isn't. It's not fun to watch
1: they have um they i believe it's eight straight matches whereas they've conceded first
0: and and you know what that's not fun (laughs) and
1: and, then what's not fun is just hoping for a tie yeah that's not fun either (laughs) it hasn't been fun
0: no well
1: but i but i'm still there
0: you're still you're still hanging in you're still hanging in
1: hey you know what else hasn't been fun we'll leave it with this is the red sox offseason
0: that was i knew that we were going to get there yeah it's been a uh has it been fun, Alex? No, it's not been fun. <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's been a weird off season just in general. I, you talk about kind of going in two different directions. They added some strange pieces that are either like, okay, these are one year guys, or these are guys who we sort of paid a lot of money to, like the outfielder from Japan, who we don't know if he's going to be any good or not. It's a really total dart throw. No idea if the Macho Man is going to be any good or not. And then Endeavors is not signed yet, and Bogarts leaves, which wasn't totally. A shock but and they lose the Yavaldi. and it's been a weird it's been a weird offseason it's just been but 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 we've come to expect this though go backwards to the trade deadline and that's kind of doing both kind of doing both
1: i feel like tottenham's like the red sox what are you doing yeah (laughs) like what are what are you doing are are you selling the fact that we are going to be the next tampa that we're going to really have guys coming up, ready to go. I mean, Tampa does a great job with that. They have guys, and then they get rid of Blake Snell, and they get rid of Evan Longoria, and they get rid of, I mean, guys at the top, Carl Crawford. you can go back in time as far as, right at the point where they feel like, you know what, that contract's going to get really steep, and I'm not sure what I'm, I might have gotten the best out of them already, then we're going. I actually could buy into that. I, I really could, but I just don't know if that's what we're doing.
0: It doesn't seem like the farm system has improved enough to feel like we're there. I know it's only a couple of years into the the Bloom experiment, but if that's the plan, then yeah, why are you why are you bringing in guys like Hosmer, for example, last year, and then you lose some of your leverage in terms of draft picks? like they lost some of the compensation because they were over the luxury tax because of different moves, so then you lose the opportunity to get a high pick and there's just a lot of things there that yeah it just seems like they're kind of going two separate directions it's it's
1: odd and and we lost you know a guys off our 40 man roster um in rule 5s and based on a, a decision you made the next day that you could have kept the guy to yeah. some degree you you lost the the guy groom the kid uh, lefty and you know again i don't know if he'll be anything but basically we gave him to the padres
0: for no reason if it felt like there was a plan in place or that there was a list of tenants that this organization is is abiding by hey we only want good young players or we only want guys at cost or we're going all in and we want to win this year and we're gonna spend the money and do what it takes etc like it feels like one of those two tracks is kind of the way to go and it's the same thing in any sport of course but it feels like that they don't have a plan and that's the most disconcerting thing about all this.
1: Well, the so last thing, I'll, I'll say two, two things uh, that, that I do believe in this. I do believe that they miscalculated what the market was going to be for free agents, certainly in years, certainly in years. And so in some ways, it started with bets. And so I get it. I don't think anyone wants to do a decade-long deal. But if that's kind of what the market is you either then have to make decision. Are you in that market? Are you in, or are you out? And for Boston to be out, that's a tough sell to that fan base.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um,
1: so <laughs> which leads you to Devers, you got to sign them for 12 years and just be done with it right now. I don't know what that's going to be, but if you want to get us to say, well, heading to spring training. Yep. At least we locked him up. That's going to be what we're building around. Got it. So anyways, long story short, not, not been great. Um, You don't, you don't win the world series in the off season, but certainly you put your team together and uh, our pitching is probably going to be better. I don't know. I mean, it's just, it's, (laughs) I I don't feel that confident, but maybe it's going to be better. Who knows?
0: We'll find out it's, it's a long ways until spring training but not that long.
1: Last, last thing. Then I'm done. <laughs> then I'm done. Is if you're going to sign the Corey Kloopers of the world or the Michael Walka's, then you're not going to re-sign him anyways when he has a good year. What are we doing? Like, Walker was actually pretty good.
0: You're, I don't know you're, the plan. There's no plan. doesn't feel like there's a plan. We will see. Uh, family Sports Group in general is just, I just don't know what's going on.
1: I think they, they're selling the Red Sox. They're
0: selling the Red Sox. They're selling Liverpool. They're buying an NBA franchise in Las Vegas, apparently. Like, there's just a lot of things going on there. No and, doubt.
1: That's Ed. what's happening. And I'm yeah. not, I'm telling you uh, the Heinblum, I, I, listen, I know I'm in AD. So people, if they are still listening to this, they're going to go, <laughs> Oh, you're sympathizing with the administrator. Uh, at the end of the day, I, I, I think his hands are tied.
0: Yeah.
1: I'll be honest with you. I, I, I think they're selling. I think you're right. And I think they're going to go do something else like what you're suggesting there. And they need to divest assets right now. And they don't want to put, uh, they don't want to increase that bottom line right now.
0: Yeah. That's how it feels. So there's always, that's the plan. Unfortunately, that's the unfortunate plan is that the ownership group is out or they're on their way out. feels that way. And that's why we have this. So,
1: and that's, and and so the pod is very sad right
0: now. Oh, but anyways, we're
1: back at it in 23.
0: Yeah, a whole new year. We're just going to close the book. <laughs> oh, well, this has always been uh, an enjoy. Hopefully you enjoyed this hour. Maybe not the last like 10 minutes of us being said about the Red Sox. But oh, it- always a good time to chat with you, Bill. Again, thanks for another great year in 2022. Excited to spend 2023 with you coming up.
1: Yeah, same, Alex, and uh, Happy New Year to everyone out there. Be safe, and I uh, look forward to seeing you uh, at a few games that we have, right? Whether you're down in Fargo to see our ladies play uh, at the Ralph uh, on at 4 o'clock on Saturday or at the Betty t- uh, tomorrow night, again, recording this on a Thursday.
0: Yeah, great stuff ahead here as we close out 2022. Enjoy all those contests. Thanks again to Bill for taking the time. For Alec Johnson and Paul Ralston on the back end, I'm Alex Seinert. We will talk to you in the new year. Be well.